after you leave today, you're going to be extremely glad you came. Uh, this morning is going to kind of speak for itself, but two years ago, we had, uh, you saw a video, a short video of a guy named Nick, and Francis was kind of interviewing him, and he was here in our church, and he had spoke to pretty much all of our student ministries. Uh, I think it was all the student ministries, yeah. And uh, we were wanted him to speak here, but um, I don't know, schedules didn't work out, and so we had... Uh, filmed a, a short little interview with Francis and, and Nick. And you saw that a couple years ago, but um, it's amazing that it was a couple years ago. It still blows me away. Uh, I think it just kind of sticks in your mind. I think today we'll do that to you for, uh, as well. Uh, Nick was born with no arms and no legs, and so he's here to share with us today. So would you welcome up Nick? Thank you. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. How are we all doing today? Good, praise God. Your grace is enough. I love it, I love it. Can you just give me one moment? Um, between the services, um, God put in my heart to read um, uh, open, another opening verse. I love, I love how God refreshes the message every time and there's always something new. So, has anyone heard me before? Couple of, okay, quite a number of you. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Nick Vujicic. I live in Australia. Took me a couple of days to swim across. Um, <laughs> I uh, have had a wonderful nine weeks of my life, the best nine weeks of my life. I tell you, I've been touring um, by the grace of God, and oh, God is so good. Uh, we did two and a half weeks in South Africa. God gave me the strength to speak 40 times in 15 days. And uh, I know, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sometimes six times a day doing schools and stuff, and it was, it was wonderful. Um, for those of you who don't know what happened, I was born this way. There's no medical reason why this had happened. So I have no arms, no legs. However, I have a little foot. <laughs> this is my little chicken drumstick. It looks like a chicken drumstick, to tell you the truth. My dog, when he was going through his teething process, I used to whoosh, hit him in the head every now and then. But um, I love swimming. I absolutely love swimming. The funniest thing about me swimming is because half of me is actually lung capacity, I actually fight like a life jacket. Seriously. <laughs> I float and I just bob there, so they call me Bob, right? And um, I float upright like this, and then I have my little motor here, and I go, like that. Pretty cool things, pretty cool things. Um, we actually went to... A, Speaking about swimming and all that sort of stuff, I went to South Africa, as I said, and we had a day off, praise God, and uh, we went to a, a water theme park and there was some water slides and stuff, and it was cool. Uh, look, I don't do water slides, okay? I especially don't do the open water slides because I'm going to go off the side or something, seriously. I, uh, I, I just saw this tube water slide and I said, that's it, I've got to do it, got to do it. So, I got enough confidence to do my first water slide and I mean, it was cool, it was fun. But the funniest thing with this is that at the bottom of the pool, like at the bottom of the slide there's a little pool and people are just like relaxing. <laughs> and they're sunbaking and they're watching their children play in the little pool and all of a sudden I come they're like, I've been in the sun too long man. And everyone was looking at me and I was so tempted to then look at myself and go, <laughs> I love freaking out a few people. I, uh, 
I love it. Look, I just want to show off a little bit. Um, I, I love the attention because I'm ridiculously good looking. And, uh, and uh, I love to play soccer. So I just want to show you how far I can kick this tennis, tennis ball. Is that cool? All right. First hand up. Who wants to catch? Sweetie, see my finger pointing at you? Just stand up for me. Come in the aisle for me. Thank you. And uh, just, I just want to show everybody how far I can kick it. So you just keep on going back, 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 back. I'm just joking. Come forward. Right there, right there. Here we go. Now, please don't throw it back at me. <laughs> Here we go. Ready? Too good. Come here, sweetie. Thank you. What's your name again? Kelly. Kelly, right. Well, don't worry about that. I kicked that off deliberately. Yeah, good. Good. I like you. Hold that up for a second, Kelly. Just hold it up for everybody. This is a DVD about me. God has blessed us with um, um, a professional copy of, of uh, my testimony. The first six minutes of this DVD, you see me brush my teeth, comb my hair. You see me swimming and all that sort of stuff. And my dog is there too. Um, so it's really, really cool. After the six minutes is uh, passed, there's a 37-minute testimony that I shared last year in front of a church. And uh, they're $20. Chuck will show you how to get one. Um, a suggested donation of 20 bucks, so may that be a blessing to you. But you get that for free under one condition. Have you seen me speak before? Yes, yeah, so you know what to do. Give me a hug. I love you. I love you. Thank you. Have a good night. Good day. One more trick. So I have so much to share with you. I don't want to show off too much because I love God and I can't wait to get into His Word. This is a phone, okay? And I'm actually going to flick up this phone onto my shoulder. Now, this is a pretty freaky trick. If you don't think this is a pretty freaky trick, you go home and try it yourself, okay? <laughs> now, this doesn't always happen the first time, but what happens when you fail? Very good. Someone give me a sand for a ringing phone, please. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm coming! <laughs> hey. Philippians chapter 4, open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. This is the first verse we're going to read. Philippians 4, verse 6. Here we go. Oh, now let's go to verse 4. Awesome. Verse 4. Philippians 4.4 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. And I will say it again, Rejoice. Go to verse 6. Wait, sorry, you guys are still turning pages. I'm going to wait for you guys because I'm a preacher who wants you to read along with us. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I say again, Rejoice. Rejoice. Hard to rejoice sometimes. We're going to get into that. Philippians 4.4 4 says this. Here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Go to verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding or surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, that's a wonderful opening. I love that. I never opened up with that verse before, and I think it's perfect. 
It's just the message. And I love how God is awesome. You know those songs that we just heard? Let this be a holy moment. And the second song was Your Grace is Enough. This is what this message today is about. Holy moments. Are they a good moment? Yes, absolutely. Do you feel good in a holy moment? Yes, absolutely. And you know what? Something that Satan uses for us to stop us from being closer to God is fear. What's the first thing that you feel when something happens that you don't expect? Fear. Can you imagine my parents, Christian parents, my dad being the pastor of our church, mum's there, she just gave birth to me, and she's actually not seeing what's going on. The doctors hold me down far enough so she can't see me because they're terrified with what reaction she's going to get. They had no warning at all. My dad saw me, honestly, his face, my mum, said, my mum said his face turned green and he left the room to go, Bleh. okay? He could, no, no kidding. The midwives there, they, the nurses, they wrapped me up and, 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 hide, and hid me from my mum's face. And the nurses were crying. And my mum's like, what is going on? Fear. Fear. When something happens in your life that you don't understand, that you don't expect, you are paralysed with fear. But God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of a sound mind and a lot of other things. But, but, God's grace is enough is the message today. You know what? It was a great tragedy when I was born. Great, great tragedy. Why would God let something like that happen? Did my parents deserve such punishment? What about me? What did I do to deserve that? And if God loved me as much as everybody else, then why did He make me with more, maybe, shortcomings of, or sufferings? Why? And obviously it was only, not only hard for my parents, but it was hard for me. I went to school then everybody teased me, everybody pointed their finger at me, laughed at me, I mean, kids are cruel these days, man. If you have a freckle on your nose or something, man, they're going to tease you about that. If your ear looks different, they're going to tease you about that. That's how kids are these days, and I was no exception. And I felt so, so lonely. You know what, I grew up in Sunday school, and the only thing that I wanted in my life, in my depression, was for someone to come up to me and say, everything is okay. For somebody to tell me that everything is okay, the only reason why I would believe them is if they knew what I was going through. But I couldn't believe anybody because no one knew what I was going through. Does that make sense? And I was screaming out to God, God, where are you? Where are you? I got so, so depressed. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. I never thought I'd have a normal life. Never thought that I'd ever get married. But, but because I'm you know, hot, it's all good now. But... But I never thought I'd ever get married, never thought I'd ever have a proper education or, or a life, a good life. You know what really got me depressed was I was on the beach one day and I saw couples holding hands. Did you know what I thought? I thought this, man, I'm not going to be able to hold my wife's hand. I'm not going to be able to dance with my bride on our wedding night. I'm not going to be able to put my arms around my children when they're crying. What kind of a husband am I ever going to be? What kind of a life am I ever going to live? Psalm 13. Psalm 13. Actually, as you're going back to the Old Testament, stop at Jeremiah 29 and say hello to Jeremiah. Here we go. Jeremiah 29. Let's do it. 
Jeremiah chapter 29. And I'm going to warn you, I'm going to go back to Jeremiah 29, so put a, put a bookmark there, please. Book of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, says this. We'll wait for some pages. Here we go. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now that's an awesome verse, but our pain and our suffering is so much more real than the presence and promises of God. And you know, we get stretched by God. And then it hurts so much and He stretches us a little bit more and it's hurting even more and then God says, will you trust me? You see, we come to the edge. I don't want to fall off this table or anything because I'm going to break an arm or something. (laughs) But we come to the edge. And we get real with ourselves and say, God, let's be real here. Do you know what I'm going through? God, if you know what I'm going through, then why don't you pull me through? Why don't you click your fingers and make everything better? Ask and you shall receive. You know what? I prayed for arms and legs. I prayed for arms and legs. Did God give me arms and legs? No. And I was so upset with him. You got that bookmark in Jeremiah 29? Now go to Psalm 13. Really quickly. Psalm 13. I was at a point in my life where I wanted to cry out to God and I wanted God to answer me. The greatest impatience that we have is waiting on God. Waiting on those prayers to be answered. And every single one of us has unanswered prayers. And listen to this. We come to a point on the edge, screaming out to God. Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me, O Lord my God. Answer me. He's not answering you. You have a hope and future for me, but you can't even answer my prayer. What's with that? A lot of people put my suffering and my disability as bad luck. <laughs> bad luck. Is there anything such as bad luck in our lives? Is there anything such as luck, chance, or coincidence in our lives? Absolutely not. Let's prove it in the Bible. Romans eight twenty-eight. Right now. Let's go. These are the scriptures where my hope is built in our suffering and pain. I want to share it with you. Romans 8, verse 28. First of all, does God know who you are and what you're going through? If you don't believe it, I want you to read Psalm 139 tonight. He knows absolutely everything. He knows when a sparrow dies in this world today. He's your child. How much more would he know about you? But we doubt that. But check this out. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that in all things God works together for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to His purpose. 
that all things come together for the good. You know what that means? Let me me paraphrase that. God knows what he's doing. You go back in time in 1982 and tell my parents, it's okay, God knows what he's doing. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You can't see that hope. You can't see that glory. But I want to tell you today that no matter who you are, no matter what you are going through, God knows it. He is with you and He will pull you through. I want to tell you that there is no storm that is too big for God. And there is not one suffering that you will go through and not see glory revealed. There will be some good if you hang on. I went to a party one day and this 14-year-old girl, she was drinking and she was drunk and she couldn't stand up. She was sitting down in this seat and I went up to her and I said, tell me one thing, why do you do this to yourself? She says, I make sure that that I do my best to forget every weekend about how much it hurts. It hurts so bad. And you might not be able to see any good that could come from it. But hang on. God is with you. You know what? Isn't it funny how we come to God and we say, God, do something, do something, do something. And you see, we don't believe until we see it. Who believes I have one foot? Put up your hand right now if you believe I have one foot. Okay? Most of you. Why? Why do you believe I have one foot? Because you haven't seen the other one. Regardless of if you believe it or if you see it, does that make a difference if it exists or not? No. Whether or not you believe it, that doesn't, that doesn't bother me, but... Wait. <laughs> These shorts are a bit long. Here we go. Can you see it a little bit? Here we go. Hey, hello. Now put your hand up if you thought it wasn't there. Okay. Was it there? Yes. The fact that you didn't believe that it wasn't there, did that make a difference? No, it's always there. The hope is always there. Whether or not you see it. Whether or not you choose to believe it. But it's up to you to ask God to reveal it. Romans 8.18 says this. For I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. You know what? I want to tell you about prayers. If you are praying for something today, if it is God's will, it's going to happen in His time. And if it's not His will that that would come to pass, God has something better. I prayed for arms and legs and I couldn't think of anything better. God, if you give me arms and legs, I'll go on Oprah Winfrey show, I'll go on Dr. James Dobson's show, I'll do, excuse me, do all these sort of things for your glory. I couldn't think of anything better. But God could. And I couldn't see it until I was still. Be still and know that I am God. Stop running your plans by God and just shut up and listen to God. Hard to die to yourself that way. But I tell you, that verse, consider the present sufferings as nothing to compare with the glory revealed in it. You know, that's my life. If you sum up all my life or wanting to give up, 
and all my depression, wanting to commit suicide, and you put all that there, and you compare it to the glory revealed in it, I tell you, all that stuff is microscopic. Do you know why? Because I have no arms and no legs, everybody stares at me. And I was at the shopping mall one day, and I was going to my little electric wheelchair, going about eight miles an hour, and this 50-year young woman comes up to me. I've never seen her before in my life. She comes up to me, she says not one word, and she puts her arms around me and starts crying on my shoulder. I'm like, okay. (laughs) She's there for a good 30 seconds and she comes back, she wipes her tears, catches her breath and she says, your smile has just brightened up my day. Do you know what's scary about Australia? It's not the crocodiles, it's not the snakes. The scariest thing about Australia is our teenage suicide rate. We have 20 million people living in our country and 10,000 teenagers every week attempt to commit suicide. One in ten succeed. And if you have me as a motivational speaker, no arms, no legs, telling them to never ever give up, and another person comes with arms and legs telling them to never ever give up, who do you think they're going to believe? Mwah! Why? Because they can't argue. They cannot argue. They look at me and they can see some pain that I've gone through. I look at you and I can't see your pain. And I am not here to give you the message, well, wow, Nick is suffering so much more than me. All my prayers, they just shrunk. Why am I complaining? No, that is not the message. Parents, I get so many parents come up to me and say the wrong thing. You know what they say? I wish you could speak to my kids. Why? Because they think they know what pain is. Do not belittle your kids' pains. Do not belittle anyone's pain. The message today is I don't know how it feels to have a, have a broken home. I don't know how it feels to be abused and not have loving parents. But I know how it feels to have a broken heart. And so do you. And the message is this. Give it to Jesus Christ. There is no burden. Amen. We want to be strong. We want to have confidence and boldness. But our fear paralyzes us. How strong are you in God? Where is your ministry? I want you to picture the word ministry right now. Okay? Do you, we, we sort of put ministry in a box and say, yeah, you need to become a preacher or some sort of leader to be in a ministry. No, not at all. I want, you to, I want to prove that to you right now. Right now. Put up your hand if you came to Christ. You came to Christ because of a major influence of a family member or friend. Hands nice and high. If you came to Christ, you came to Christ because of a family member or friend. Look around the room while everybody's hands are still up. Okay? That's, that's the majority of the people. I'd say at least half. At least half. Ministry is not just preaching and stuff. Did they preach to you? No. What did they do? They showed the love of Jesus Christ and then God nurtured your heart towards that love. Confidence and boldness. There's no such thing as life, chance or coincidence that you have the family and friends that you have. I went to, um, went to work at a hospital with computers because I can type 43 words a minute with my foot. And um, serious, I was on a phone project and stuff and and anyway, I was doing my project and I was surrounded by six or seven married men. Most of them had children already. Married for about eight to ten years. 
And they were looking at pornography while I was there. I was 17, 18 years old, still in junior high school, like in, in high school in my junior year. And I'm like, God, why did you put me here? I have so many non-Christians around me. He says, you know why? Because you might be their only window of heaven. Did I preach to them? No. Do you make time to go and hug your neighbour? They're your neighbour for a reason. Confidence and boldness, he will give it to you. Wisdom, asking you shall receive, right? I flew from Phoenix to LAX, okay? Check this out. Ten days ago, we fly from Phoenix to LAX. We're in America West, okay? This is awesome. Full plane, full plane. We're coming in, we land at LAX. We touch down and we're just stopping on the runway. I'm like, okay. Suddenly, pilot comes on the intercom and says, ladies and gentlemen, we are so sorry for the inconvenience, but the gate that we are arriving to is occupied by another plane. So we are having a delay of 15 to 20 minutes. Just bear with us. And as soon as that microphone got off the intercom, God said, Nick, I want you to get up in front of the plane and preach. I said, okay. <laughs> First of all, the seatbelt sign was on. I was like, but God, you don't want me to like, go against the law, right? So anyway, out of obedience, and I mean, you know what? I had that fear of rejection. But the conviction would eat me up if I didn't try. So I get out of the seat and I'm like on row 13, I'm walking down the aisle. Everybody on the plane is like, <laughs> I've been on this plane too long. So I'm walking down the aisle, I go up to the front and I see uh, two flight attendants. And uh, they're sitting there and they're, okay. And I go, hi, I know that, this is the first thing I said. I said, Hi. I know that we're supposed to be buckled up right now, but I'm from Australia. (laughs) I seriously said that. That is so funny. I didn't realise that. I said, I'm from Australia. And I said, look, I'm a client without arms and legs. I was born this way. I just want to talk a bit about life and what God has done for me. Can I please preach? Not preach, but can I please talk over the phone just for a couple, couple, couple moments? And one of them was like, I don't know if we should be doing this, like her face expression. And the other one just straight away gave me the thing. I, I preached on that plane for five to seven minutes. And half of the people on that plane gave me hugs. And this man at the end is, I don't know, maybe 25, 26 years old. He was on the verge of breaking down in tears because all he said was this, you have no idea how much those minutes have changed my life forever. Was it because of me? No. Was it because of my capabilities? No. Why was it? Because of my availability. When you're doing things with God, do not focus on what you can do. Focus on what God can do through you. You don't fix yourself up to come to God. You come to God to get fixed up. But this pain, this fear is still there. You know what? In God's time, everything is made perfect. He is the perfecter of our faith. It's hard to believe it though. But you know what? Let me show you a praise report. 
You know, I was worried about how I'm going to hold my wife's hand. A couple of years ago, I was enjoying someone's company and we were watching the stars at night. And it was beautiful. It was so romantic. I'm like, I'm in heaven. <laughs> and we're watching the stars. And I love watching shooting stars and watching fire. I love that. Anyway... Anyway, so we uh, were watching the stars at night and I mean it was perfect and I just, just felt that I wanted to share what was on my heart. I said, you know what? I just wish I had hands just to hold you. And I didn't care if it was only for three seconds. I just wanted to know how it felt to hold her in my arms. And she looked at me and she smiled and she said, Nick, it just makes it even more special. I was told last year, Nick, you may not have hands to hold your wife's hand, but you do not need hands to hold her heart. That's all I want to hold. You know, my kids, they're going to be awesome. I have a friend who has a two-year-old little girl. I mean, she's gorgeous. She's got blue eyes and blonde hair, and she's about my heart as well. And uh, all the little kids know me as Nikki. And Laura knows when Nikki gives you a hug, Nikki doesn't hug you with his arms because Nikki doesn't have any arms. So, so when Lauren comes up to give me a hug, she puts her arms behind her back and hugs me with her neck. I know! <laughs> Giving it to God is the hardest thing to do. You see my foot? Ups and downs, ups and downs. Ups and downs. Your highs will be higher, your lows will be lower, and that's the stretch. It's so hard to give my future wife to God every day. I don't know who she is. And that's the thing that kills me. To wait. True love waits, right? Well, it's hard. It's hard to believe that singleness is a gift. Really, really. But I see it every now and then, and I th- I'm, I'm thankful for it. But there are some times in my life where I just, you know, I just wish I knew. At least I know. I mean, it doesn't have to happen now, but I just want to know who it is, right? And I mean, I fall in love with a different girl every single week, seriously. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. And, uh, you know, I don't understand a lot about girls. And uh, one of the things I don't understand is how expensive all your clothes are and your shoes. I mean... Some, sh- some people have like 10 shoes and I think shoes are overrated to tell you the truth. <laughs> I went to the shops one day and, and um, I wanted to buy, buy two outfits for my sister. Um, sorry, an outfit for my sister and uh, just, just looking around at, at shops and stuff and, and I'm just like, can't believe how much, it, how, how much it costs. It cost me an arm and a leg each so I could only afford two. <laughs> and after tax, this was my rebate. So, uh, <laughs> but seriously, I don't know who my wife is, but I know that God does, and everything's going to be made beautiful in His time. And uh, I want you all just to uh, take a deep breath in and out. I'm going to give you a bit of an illustration. So, if you want to close your eyes, you can close your eyes, if that helps you. I want you to picture your pain right now what are your unanswered prayers 
What are the memories that keep you awake at night? What are the things that are happening in your home that scare you? That insecurity? That fear? That depression? Inadequacy? I want you to picture yourself in that storm. It's storming for days. There's no food, no shelter. And you are so weak. And you just feel that this is it. You can't go on. The situation is too impossible to change. There's no light. Just dark. And just as you think you've taken your last breath, you look up and see Jesus Christ. And he puts his hands on your face and he says, My child, for the reasons I cannot explain right now, I cannot stop the storm. But I will embrace you and keep you warm till the storm passes. And with that you go into his open arms of love. And it's still storming, but it's okay because he's with you. Open your eyes. We hate going through pain, we hate going through suffering. But pay close attention to this. We forget to pray, to ask that we may know Christ in his sufferings the best way that I can get to know somebody to know why they react to some things and why they hurt to some things is to understand what they're going through by experiencing them. By experiencing a fraction of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Just a fraction. How much more thankful are you for Jesus' gift? He could have stopped any time when that nail was there, when it was being whipped, and that crown of thorns was put on his head, blood dripping down his face. Blood dripping down his face. He could have said stop. But he stayed for you. Your faith in Jesus Christ will set you free. Know that God's timing is perfect. And one more that I read... I don't think I read. Jeremiah 29 verse 12 says this. I'm going to listen. This is the closure. Jeremiah 29 verse 12. We didn't read this, did we? It says this, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I'm away from home, 9,000 miles away from home, to tell you, to remind you, that no matter who you are, no matter how big that storm is, you will find God and the peace that transcends understanding to lean upon Jesus Christ. Let's pray. 
Father, we come before you and we just are so thankful for your love and your grace and your mercy. Lord Jesus, we are so sorry for our sins and we lay all that we are at your feet. Lord God, we come under the authority of Jesus Christ and we speak to the situations and circumstances, the depression, the anxiety, Lord God, the fear in Jesus' name. Give us confidence and boldness to depend on you, that there is no storm that is too big for your name. Lord God, I come to you, Lord Jesus, and I lift up every single hurting heart. We ask God that you would help us to see our lives through your eyes more clearly. Father in heaven, we just uplift, we uplift our hearts, God, but we thank you for your grace. We thank you that Apostle Paul, Lord, he, 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 just, he was crying out to you, God, three times to take that thorn from his side in Corinthians, and you said, my grace is sufficient for you. Help us to know that your grace, Lord, is enough. Is enough. It covers all. Lord God, we, we come to you and we, we bring to you the situations that seem impossible. But Lord God, as you pulled my parents through and, I, and me through, Lord God, there is glory revealed in every single suffering in this room. And help us to know that you are big and that you love us. And when you feel so far away, help us to know that you're right with us. You're going to take us all away. And when we fall down, help us to get back up and fix our eyes on you. In Jesus' name we thank you and praise you. Amen. Amen. Praise God.